That is CW's hit series The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen slash The Flash, where we review the show, bring you all the latest news about the show, and speculate about what's coming up, and lots more stuff. And I'm one of your hosts, Andy Beats. So happy to have you on the show with us. And if you're a new listener to the podcast, welcome to our Speedster family. And if you're a regular Speedster, welcome back. And with me are my hosts, uh, Scott Murray and Adam Holmes. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, what an episode this was. Yes. But before we get to any discussion about the episode, Adam, did something big break this week? I would definitely say something big, yeah. Uh, you know, as we know, this or this is the current Flash TV series, but it isn't the first one that's been on the air. You know, there was the one that lasted a season in 1990, and the new series is doing... Uh, doing its part to pay homage to that original series. You know, they casted John Wesley Shipp in the show, uh, the original Barry Allen Flash in that show, as uh, Grant Gustin's Barry Allen's father. Last night we had an appearance by Amanda Pays playing this universe's version of Tina McGee, the character from the original show. And this week we learned that Mark Hamill, who most of you know as Luke Skywalker or as the Joker from many Batman projects, was announced to be appearing on the current Flash TV series, and he will be his, reprising his role as the Trickster. Yeah, I uh, did not see this coming at all. I I, I always had an inch that, oh, they're going to bring him back. They're going to they're gonna be able to convince him to come, to come for an episode. But I never thought that they would actually get him back as James Jesse. And also, guys, if you want to learn all about the Trickster, head over to theflashpockets.com and go to episode 10 of season 0 of the Flash Pockets, where Dave and I um, went through the, the Trickster's backstory and, you know, went through his character, if you want to know who he is, as well as Axel Walker, the second incarnation. So, um, there's some good stuff there. And I, I think this is amazing. I think it's very cool for... not. One of the things I, I really enjoyed about the show is that there's a lot of homage to the original series because sadly it was cancelled after one season. And you know, it's it, even though it's a little bit corny, it's a fun show. I love the show. I have it on DVD and I rewatched that that, sh- that whole series two times now since I got it, and I think it's it's phenomenal. And uh, Scott, did you ever see the um, did you ever happen to get a chance to see the the nineties television show after Flash? I did not watch the show, no. Okay. Fair enough, but um, no. But I think it's I think it's cool, and the fact that this is kind of awesome in many ways because you're you're getting Mark Hamill, not just you know the trickster from the night show, but you're getting Luke Skywalker on television again. 
it's kind of awesome. And we will kind of get a, an idea of what he's going to look like now in Star Wars because you know you will see his current shape and stuff like that. I don't know if he's going to keep. I don't know. I'm hearing he has a beard in Force Awakens, but I don't know. But it will be to see how he does it. And what can we tell our listeners about his episode? Uh, you know, as with uh, uh, Amanda Pace's character, you know, with this is going to be this universe's version of Mark Hamill's trickster. And in this incarnation, and this is from the original Hit Fix article, uh, the trickster is going to be what is described as an anarchist terrorist con man who's serving a life sentence in Iron Heights. And he's going to be helping out Barry and Joe stop an attack on, stop these attacks on Central City from someone described as a wannabe trickster eagerly following in the original's deadly footsteps. So it sounds like we're going to be getting both versions of the trickster, you know, both the James Jesse version and, you know, they haven't said it yet, but the Axel Walker version or someone like Axel Walker. Yeah, I, I think it, it it wouldn't make sense if it wasn't Axel Walker because, although at the same time, I could understand why, because maybe they want to save Axel Walker for later, but... And I feel like it's going to be a little bit overload if you have... Well, first you have this wannabe, and then you have a, a second one that will actually end up being the trickster. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in the Flash comics, there you know there are several villains. You know, There have been multiple versions of them. There's two, there, I think there's been two Captain Boomerangs, two Mirror Masters, and you know, two tricksters. I think, I think it might be interesting to sort of have these two people sort of competing... For the title, you know, he had the original, he's stuck in jail, maybe he'll escape somehow, we don't know. And then you have the new guy who's trying to take over, he either thinks he can do a better job or he just wants to carry on the trickster mantle. I don't know, I think I think it might be interesting to have two versions on the show. Scott, how do you feel about Mark Hamill coming on? Like, you, I know that you, you didn't see the, the original Flash TV show, but as... I assume a fan of Star Wars. How do you feel about being able to see some Luke Skywalker on your t- TV screen? Well, I, I did get a chance to see the the clips that have been attached to all the news reports uh, from the old show, and um, you know, I I couldn't help but think, you know, it was uh, not surprising how he went on to do go from uh, trickster to Joker <laughs> with <laughs> some of the annex that he had. Uh, no, I think it's great. I mean, yeah, not only am I, I, am I a Star Wars fan, I am um, my favorite character and my hero growing up was Luke Skywalker. So the fact that Mark is able to do some new things now and probably it didn't hurt that he was able to come back and play Luke Skywalker again that that potentially led helped lead to this opportunity is a, a really cool thing. So um, I know I will be extra interested when uh, he makes his first appearance. May the Speed Force be with you. And that's going to be in episode 17, by the way, of this season. Yeah, it's no title has been revealed yet, but uh, but hey, it's, it's still early. And um, and he's hinting that he's doing more than just one episode. I think I saw I mean, somewhere on Twitter. Sense. Yeah, but well, well, does it? Because he's a dude, he's a busy man. They have to, aren't they going to start shooting episode 9? I mean, episode 8 uh, of um, Star Wars next year? 
yeah, I, think uh, so. I don't Maybe. know. I mean, because they've got um, episode seven, obviously, is in December, and then next, the following year, is a spinoff film. I mean, literally, once episode oh, right. seven goes live I, or uh, comes out, I mean, it's literally like a new Star Wars film for the next six years straight. And I, I think they're uh, wanting a eight what a life we're living, huh? a Star Wars movie every year. What a pain. Who wants that? Who wants holiday specials? Uh, no, but I'm I'm excited about Star Wars. But hey, this is amazing news. And uh, look, Mr. Hamill, if you're listening, if you want to come on to the show and talk about your old and new experience with the Flash, you're you're more than welcome to come on. And um, I promise I won't tell ask you to do a Joker impression, but I might. But if you want to come on, let Scott and me know, and we will be happy to have you. Wouldn't it be Scott. Absolutely. Yeah, to say the least. I, I think we this is our like calm state of saying that. If we were in a complete geek movie, we'd be like, oh my god, we would be so happy to have you. But uh, I haven't slept once again anything because I couldn't sleep after the finales of both Flash and Eight of Shield last night. So, but we're here for DC. So let's talk about the winter finale of the Flash, the Man in the Yellow Suit. I was trying to do that in a, in a British accent, but I realized. It's no, there's no point, but <laughs> let's talk about initial reactions and thoughts. Scott, let's let's start with you. What did you think? First impressions? How you feel about it? Um, well, I mean, the, 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 I think the main thing to to point out, um, or that really stands out for me in this episode was when you look at the fight scenes between um, Flash and Reverse Flash. I just thought for television, it was really, really good, or it looked really, really good for a TV show. You know, um, you know, a lot of times when you're trying to do that much stuff, um, there's your limitations end up showing in television, and you just have to kind of accept that and look for better things when it comes to films. But you know, not everybody. Not not only was everybody excited to see uh, Reverse Flash, but man, did did the producers and everybody come through and and making uh their first meeting and their first few fights together pretty spectacular for television um so if anything stands out for me up front it's just how good all that looked and adam yeah uh you know haven't watched arrow for a couple years in the you know in that show each show's mid-season finale or episode nine, you know, it, it always delivers a big moment. So I figured that the Flash would do the same, being, you know, how it is related to Arrow. And yeah, it did not disappoint. Uh, I really, and I really thought that this was a great, you know, full introduction to Reverse Flash. Like Scott said, I really liked the fight scenes between Barry and Reverse Flash. I thought they were very well done. You know, I liked all uh, the teases or you know the hints of things to come in the episode. It le- obviously it left me wanting more, but as far as you know, an episode to end 2014, I thought it was phenomenal. That's really all I can say. I'm gonna follow my my what my host said. I agree. I felt that here's the thing. Ever since I got into the Flash, Reverse Flash has been one of the most phenomenal characters and interesting characters I've been seeing in the DC universe. So I've been dying to see what he would look like in live action. I know there was those set photos that came out a couple of uh, weeks ago that um, th- didn't make it look that good because they were basically on the Daniel West costume from the New Fifty Two, And uh, and also, Scott, if, if you wanted, Daniel West, he is uh, Iris' brother in the comic books. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to leave you out because I feel like uh, I, I. And it's Christmas soon. I should buy you a Flash comic, maybe like a volume. It's. A, um, I might. Okay. I should do that. But uh, what I wanted to point out is that Reverse Flash looked so good. I. And look, here's the thing. I've after so many years of having seen set photos from movies and TV shows, you know, I've come to to learn that. Just wait till you see the finished product because it's going to look so much better. Because sometimes the lighting doesn't look good, and the position they are in, or you know, look, it's taken from a an iPhone camera. It's not the greatest thing ever, so you can't judge too much. But I really enjoyed this introduction because look, this is our live action debut of Reverse Flash. He's never been in live action before. We never, we didn't see him on Smallwood with Bart Allen. We didn't see him on um, the Niners Television Show. Although there was an episode where John with his ships, Barry Allen, had to go by Professor Zoom, which was kind of funny. But uh, the the effects, the um, the style, felt like watching a movie. I I can't stress that enough. The opening scene where you see, you know, before they cut to one day earlier, which I sometimes, I, I don't know why, but I just don't like when they do that, that they have to, do, oh, well, here's the one of the final scenes of uh, the confrontation, and, oh, let's cut back to 24 hours earlier. But, hey, that's a minor nitpick, so I'm not going to get into that too much. But the visuals were stunning. I When they were running all over the place, fighting each other, that... Man, if this is what it can do on television, it's it's phenomenal because it looked and it felt like a movie to me. But we will come back to Reverse Flash. Let's talk about the Barry and Iris relationship because, man, did my heart hurt after that episode. Um, Adam, what did you think about um, Barry's secret coming out to Iris? Well, you know, once again, the Flash writers have proven that every moment that I expect, you know, to be happening later in the uh, season, they're bringing, you know, they're they're acknowledging it sooner. So, you know, I, admittedly, I was a little surprised to see Barry admit his feelings to Iris so soon. But now at the same time, I'm glad he did because, you know, this is a huge secret that he's been keeping for for years and years. And I really, you know, kind of both prodding from kind of Joe, you know, from a different episode, and then from Henry in jail. I'm glad that Barry finally admitted to her how he felt after keeping his secret for so long. Now, you know, his timing, he, he he already admitted this, but his timing wasn't great because Eddie just asked her to move in with him. And I, I you know, I feel for Barry. I feel for the guy. You know, he pours his heart out. Iris, you know, she's having to hear all this for the first time because, you know, she so she couldn't uh, see how Barry felt for her, and you know she the the, the bad part about all of it is is she never really gave him kind of a reaction because you know he left right after he told her when he sees her again, you know it's at the Christmas party she's with Eddie she's already agreed to move in with him, so you know Barry may have finally got that off his shoulder but at the same time he still he didn't get the girl oh I should say he didn't get the girl yet you know this is a show a TV series. It'll happen at some point, but for now, it's just, I'm glad it finally happened, but I feel for Barry, especially, you know, especially around the Christmas season, so. And Scott? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, 
you know, we were all there with him when he decided to um, tell Iris how he felt finally. Yeah, I think it, <laughs> in a sense, it was a weight off of his shoulders. And I think for many viewers, it was a weight off of theirs to finally uh, you know, <laughs> right? get this thing out there. <laughs> so <laughs> That's a good statement. I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I will say that I think it it was, you know, uh, Adam's right. There wasn't a whole lot of reaction, although I'm glad that that, you know, sometimes, you know, people jump the gun writing these things out. And the the typical reaction sometimes is the girl gets angry because she's conflicted and tells him to get out. And there's and then it kind of ruins the moment. I'm glad they didn't go that route. Um, and it seems that, you know, and maybe this is tied to some of the things that are going on outside of of uh, the relationship, even even related to uh, Reverse Flash and whatnot, um, I still think this is going to be kind of an awkward uh, kind of tense situation uh, as this goes on, especially now that she knows how he feels. And it's going to be interesting to see what situations that creates uh, down the line. I mean, while it's nice to have that weight lifted, there's going there's going to be more weights to come, I think. Before I go on with my opinion, I, let me ask you this, Scott. Do you think that when we come back in January, uh, because they're, they're, uh, they're obviously going to skip ahead a few weeks, do you think the tension will be a little bit decreased between them when we come back? Or do you think that it's still going to be there because it was just so out of the blue for Iris? Well, I just think, you know, um, I mean, everybody kind of seems to know what's going on. I mean, Eddie could sense there was something with Barry and Iris and now Barry's told Iris. So, you know, that doesn't just go away. Um, you know, and, and it's just going to depend on, um, you know, what, how, how they cross paths and, and, and where, and what, you know, any, any little thing that somebody might, somebody might say might set somebody off or create an awkward situation. It's just, it's just a challenging situation to be in. But I honestly think, it's um, it's a key component of the story here uh, that's going to uh, impact things um, still even into next season. Okay, interesting. Well, I like like Scott and Adam said, you really felt for Barry because hey, haven't we all been in a situation where we, you know we've told the girl that you know I love you and you know I like you and stuff like that. Oh, get my God! It brought out so many bad memories from my, from me. But hey, let's not get into my head for because that's messy. But I, I fell for him. I, this was one of Barry, Barry, one of Grant Gustin's greatest performances performances of the show so far. Not just because of that scene, but for for, for the whole episode. But that part in particular, I really felt that because and look, I've become such a huge Barry and Iris fan. In, both in the comic books and in the show, that you know, it, it did really hurt when Iris didn't really respond the same, and she, although I liked her reaction, that it wasn't, it wasn't, too, it wasn't too much, it wasn't over the top, it was pretty. Whoa, whoa, it's that's a lot, and um, yeah, I think once we get back in the second half of the season, it's definitely going to be awkward, to say the least, but. I think it's a new chapter in the relationship, and I think it's gonna. And you know, we all knew that it was gonna come at some point, but like Adam said, the fact that they did it so early that was that was kind of surprising. I thought that the whole thing that they were teasing in interviews that there's gonna be a huge Barry and Iris moment. I actually thought he was gonna tell her that I'm the Flash, and she would say, "Yeah, I know." 
and he would be like, "What? How?" And she's like, "Well, I'm super smart. What? What do you want me to do? I, I just want. I just wanted you to see. I just wanted to see when you would t- tell me yourself." But no, but I. But yeah, I think we all pretty much have a similar reaction to that whole thing. But let's talk about the return of Amanda Pace to the world of Flash as. Dr. Tina McGee 2.0, as I wrote on a random sheet. Um, Scott, because I know you didn't watch the old show, what what were your impressions of this character, um, not knowing anything that, that she had done with the character in the first version? Well, I mean, I mean, it, it's it's interesting. She's an interesting component. She's an interesting component to you know setting everything up, or you know, in this episode. I mean. You know, they really tried to fit a lot of stuff in this episode outside of everything that's already going on between Firestorm and uh, her character as well. So, you know, she didn't really have a whole lot to do other than kind of make an appearance in this episode. But um, um, evidently they felt it was necessary to um, let us see her now because uh, she's obviously involved in uh, not only events of the present but also in the future, as we know. So, I mean, you know, she was... She wasn't there long, but, um, you know, she was, <laughs> you know, she, it was, it seemed to be just kind of a simple introduction they felt they needed to uh, squeeze into this uh, episode. And you, Adam, what do you, how do you feel? Because I know you probably know a little bit more about this character than. Yeah, I'm a little familiar with her, but as, like Scott, the only thing, the only um, stuff I've seen from the original series is, you know, the clips I've seen here and there. So, I mean,. She wasn't on screen for that long, but I did think Amanda Pays did a good job. I did like how they sort of set Mercury Labs up as, mm-hmm. you know, one of Star Labs' former competitors, although with Star Labs out of business now, Mercury Labs... And Mercury Labs is a, is a little Easter egg to the Mercury character uh, in Flash, right? Uh, probably, yeah. So I, def- I, I definitely think that they'll be bringing her and Mercury Labs back at some time, you know, maybe another one of their inventions gets stolen, maybe she somehow gets you know, caught up in the latest, you know, flash villain attack or whatever. But, um, you know, for this episode, she did okay, but uh, I, I'd i be happy to see her again. Yeah, I hope she comes back for more episodes. I think that's the that's the, um, the idea they're going to go with. I really liked her because I, I enjoyed her in the, in the first show. Uh, she's a very fun character. I think she's a very strong female character. And, um, yeah, it was definitely odd seeing her with... with uh, such such a you know drive you know to be like against Harrison and Barry I liked uh, the scene where she was like really Harrison you're working with the police now or and so he's like yeah I'm just assisting them and um, there's actually there's actually a couple of interesting um uh tie-ins or or comments on this on Den of Geeks review okay of this um and uh, they're talking about Tina McGee and how she works for Mercury Labs. And um, they say here that they thought that was a nice touch because Golden Age Flash, Jay Garrick, uh, wore a helmet modeled after the Roman god original speedster Mercury. And they thought that was a nice touch. And they also point out that Tina, that Tina is working with tachyon particles, which is important because... Uh, crisis on Infinity Earths. When Barry meets his end, it's because he's chasing down 
the tachyon beam that powers the anti-monitor's doomsday weapon. He goes, yes, I knew this without looking it up, and it's a miracle. I have even (laughs) some semblance of a social life. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so they point that out, and uh, it says, anyway, that's no coincidence, and it's another piece of the crisis puzzle the show has been teasing us with since day one. Oh, and that device? It sure looks like the monitor's vest and harness, doesn't it? There's still more to Harrison Wells that meets the eye, I'm afraid. Oh, so. yes, 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 yes. And uh, we, th- th- thank you so much for bringing that up, by the way. Um, that, that, that was good of uh, Denim Geeks to bring that up because I wasn't really sure um, what the whole thing was about. Uh, I felt the word re- was recognizable. I felt I've heard somewhere, I read it somewhere, but I don't know where it is. But thank you, Scott, for for finding that for us because sure. that's also good for our listeners if you haven't read Christ on Infinite Herbs there you have it and yeah there, by the way just to point out the obvious there's totally setting up the crisis on Flash but the, yeah. the, the question the question though is when uh, well you know we thought that they, they were going to do the Iris Berry thing later so who knows maybe episode 12 no I'm kidding it's so it'll be it's probably... a lot sooner than we expect <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hope it's a season 3 thing actually or season 2 like in the second half of season 2 yeah. but no but I like Tina and I you know was it just me or did you guys felt that it, there was some like <laughs> sparks between Harrison and Tina like maybe they were in a past relationship or something like that um I don't know about necessarily a past relationship, but I do think, you know, we've been getting flashbacks, you know, Barry's childhood, and, you know, we even got a flashback to the Particle Accelerator day. Um, I think, you know, maybe at some point we might get a flashback where, I don't know, Wells and McGee, you know, back when they were either working with each other, you know, back when they were still competitors. I think at some point the writers may explore, you know, their relationship in the past. So, yeah, maybe. What about you, Scott? Um, I, I don't know about a, ro- a romantic thing, um, but, you know, she, she clearly has, um, certain opinions about him and, and, uh, <laughs> the police force in general. So, um, but I, you know, I don't know about anything beyond that. You know, she was, like I said, she was there for so, such a short span of time. Okay. Fair enough. But I was, it was glad to see her back in the world of the Flash and, Look, all they need to do now is they need to get that actor who played Julio, who is, um, who was Barry Allen's best friend in the show, uh, to come to this show so that you know basically we have all the free leads from that show along with Mark Hamill. So I, it's 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 a good homage to the fans of that show. I know a lot of my friends who watch um, the '90s television show. They were so happy when they heard about. When they heard that uh, Amanda Pace was coming back, and now that Mark Hamill is coming back, it's it's cool. It's cool. Uh, I'm actually going to do a little shift in um, the rundown sheet. Uh, we're actually going to talk about Ronnie and Caitlin now, because, oh my god, that was heartbreaking. Um, Adam, kick us off. What did you feel about, about that? Uh, I like that we finally got to see Ronnie kind of in a full episode, rather than, you know, the cameo at the end of... Uh... Last week's Flash episode was great, but I'm glad we kind of got to see him fully again. Uh, yeah, I don't know what ha- what's been going on with him in the last nine months, but or, or nine months or so. But clearly, something bad is going on with him. You know, he's he looks like he's been homeless. Um, 
he's having identity issues. That's okay. See, that's what's what was weird about this episode when you know Caitlin finally finds him and you know she brings Cisco and you know they're trying to help. He says to her, "I'm not Ronnie," and then he repeats it later. And you know, knowing even knowing what we know about Firestorm from the comics, you know, even if you're not like a huge fan of them, you know a little bit. Of it, you know that Firestorm, you know, is two people in one body. So mm-hmm. what I'm confused about is, is Ronnie just having just general memory issues, or is it Professor Stein that's it's, in control of the body right now? I think it's Professor Stein. It would, it would be. It, he could have some memory issues because, and this is why I wish Shag Matthews has had um, had been on and to talk to us. Uh, but I, I think he was he was really happy about what they did with him last night. But I I think it's Stein for sure. I think because also. I've looked at some recent clips of Victor Garber when he, you know, he's talking and acting and stuff like that. Robbie Mel sounded a lot like him when he was t- telling Caitlin, "I'm not Ronnie." Like even his mouth, like he, his the way he was positioning his mouth, felt like and not felt like. How would I know? But looked, <laughs> looked. <laughs> sorry, that just sounded so weird. Felt like yeah, because I've been close to the man, but it looked like a lot. How Victor Garber's smile and how his mouth is positioned sometimes. So, yeah, I think that was Stein who was in control, and that's kind of an interesting shift because, from what I know about Firestorm, it's usually Ronnie who who's in control, and then Garber is not Stein is the one that is like that floating head next to him. And I don't know if you will see it on this show, the floating head, but you will probably hear his voice inside of Ronnie's head when they merge. But uh, but Scott, let me. I want to ask you. How did you? What did you think think about Firestorm as we saw him in the episode? Um. Yeah. I mean, the the only other thing I can think is the other reason why he would say I'm not Ronnie is because he's just simply saying I'm not Ronnie. I'm a dude that can set myself on fire. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh. You know. It was. It was again an interesting choice that they felt they needed to to introduce him with everything else that's going on in this episode. Um, you know, it, it allowed for a nice moment at the end for him to basically bail uh, the Flash out in his last confrontation with Reverse Flash. Um, but it was, uh, I also thought, by the way, the effects on him are really cool, including when he, uh, you know, decided to uh, just start flying, just shoot off the ground and fly away. I thought it was a really cool effect, too, um, as far as TB is concerned. The, the the only thing that kind of struck me weird was how Caitlin handled all of this. You know, this was this was a, a guy she wanted to spend the rest of her life with. She loses him in a very intense, tragic moment, and she's had to deal with that her whole life. And man, I thought her coming crossing paths with him the way she d- supposedly did a couple of times was really calm, cool, and collected, and level headed for somebody who who I might just be seeing their. You might be seeing their dead husband for the first time in ages, yeah. you know, and that's the only thing that really felt weird to me about it was, you know, I just think your reaction would be a little different. And she she was handling it like she like he was just some guy she met. And maybe it's because she wasn't entirely sure that was him. But still, even if you thought that, I just think it, it would it would kind of jolt your system a little more. Uh, and even when she was with Cisco, she was talking about, yeah, you know, I found Ronnie again, and I want to go help him. So, you know, we need to track him down. It's like, geez, girl, you're talking about your, de- your dead fiance. Can I ask you this, though? <laughs> do, do you think that maybe the reason what she wasn't re- reacting that much was because she was still in denial that, no, this is not Ronnie. My Ronnie, 
is not like this. He's dead. He's not. He's not been hurt by the particle accelerator. Like, do you think he was in denial? Maybe that's why I, she's so calm. Because last week we see her freak out like crazy when a boomerang starts flying around and start laugh. But the fact that her husband is back, she's like, <laughs> "Ronnie, I'm gonna help you." It's. I'm not making fun of her, but it is an interesting remark. But do you think she was maybe in denial of, about the whole thing, and that's why she was so calm and collected, or do you think that it was just something else? I don't know because you know. It, she seemed pretty sold on that's who it was from the get-go. I mean, this creepy long-haired guy walks up to her in the garage, and she decides to follow him. So, you know, so she, I think she she felt pretty confident. And even even in the other uh, conversations that she has with, uh, you know, Cisco and everybody else, she's she's convinced. I mean, she's trying to convince everybody else that he's out there. So I don't necessarily get the impression that she has a whole lot of doubt considering the effort she's putting into convincing everybody else that he's still alive. It's just amazing the lack of... You know, I, I, for lack of a better word, perhaps uh, uh, passion or uh, or just really kind of emotional. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, just I guess emotion in general behind the fact that her, um, her uh, ex-fiance may actually be still alive. So, you know, if if there was some denial there, I don't think it was clear. And if it was an issue of denial, then perhaps we didn't need to spend so much time. Uh, trying to get her to convince everybody else he's he's out there and he's alive. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I I can try ask Daniel Panamaker on Twitter. Um, yeah, see, you know, we just say that you know that was something we were wondering about because I I was actually you know speaking of being able to get answers, I actually asked Andrew Kreisberg on Twitter last week uh, about the whole thing with uh, why there wasn't a, a confrontation scene between um. Ray Bibolo versus Arrow and uh, F- Flash, and they said that they. And I asked them, like, did you guys shoot a scene, or was there, uh, or was it just something that you guys didn't, you know, shoot at all? And they said that no, we didn't shoot it because you know they wanted to spend more time with, uh, with the other things. So, and mm-hmm. uh, so I, you know, hopefully Daniel could, you know, respond to, you know, you know, as an actress, her reactions to why the character did what she did but i, I it, it, you know i'm not saying that it was a bad thing that she did i i, I it was definitely but it was definitely um, a little bit odd but i think it was still a part of yeah a little bit in denial that she's not fully accepting that um, that this was ronnie or the fact that she thought that no ron you know i can fix this that i should you know you know let's freak out when once i know that it's impossible to fix this but did we like the effects, though, for Firestorm again? Because last week it looked really good, and this week we got to see more of it. So did it look, was it up to pair, or was it um, almost better, do you think? Anyone can start. Personally, I thought it was like a little bit better because, you know, even though we saw... We didn't see... As, we only saw a little bit more of his powers this episode, but, you know, what a way to demonstrate them. And, uh, you know, specifically with saving Barry at the end. Um... Um, I'll, you know, obviously this isn't the last we're seeing of Ronnie. He's going to come come back. Um, we'll see more. I, I'm just eager to kind of see more of his firestorm abilities rather than, you know, just setting himself on fire or <laughs> shooting flame or flying away. I want to see how they do his, you know, his powers from the comics. And, and Scott? Yeah, again, I, I thought the the effects were really, really good. So, um, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, he, him expand his powers some more and and how he fits into everything that's going on and also by the way let me just point out this that human torch has nothing on firestorm 
because <laughs> man those effects they were so awesome and once again if they're do they're doing all of this on television it's it's amazing and look I, i'm gonna be so upset with the emmy awards if they do not end up giving um what is um if they if, I, I forgot the name of the guys who are responsible for special effects but i i will be upset if they don't at least get a nomination for best visuals because this is outstanding effects and it's actually some of the greatest work we've seen on the cw when it comes to creating that cgi special effects vfx world basically so fingers crossed but the the the, the thing that really struck me was the the scene when caitlin tells cisco about it and you know she just starts crying and she breaks down and Cisco has to you know hug her and you know take care of her that it broke my heart guys it really did yeah it was an emotional scene but um anything else we want to say about Firestorm before we move on now to the biggie um nope just looking forward to seeing him again <laughs> okay well Let's go from some red to some yellow. Huh? See what I did? Okay, never mind. Oh, but uh, the man in the yellow suit, a.k.a. the reverse flash. I'm, I couldn't sleep because of the scenes that he had. That voice. And, I, you know, and the thing is, like, I'm, I'm fine with when Barry's doing that flashy voice. But for some reason with reverse flash, it was just creepy like i i actually because i was sitting at a couch and i i, I pulled my feet up because i felt that he's gonna come anytime and just you know <laughs> jank me down like it's uh. but uh but scott let's let's start with you like as a whole with reverse flash what did you think of the way he was behaving the way he was antagonizing barry and stuff like that yeah i mean um i i thought uh definitely one of the most uh formidable um villains <laughs> that we've uh seen this year i mean he really stands out pretty much above almost all the others uh and that's what happens when you have a mid-season finale obviously um the, the thing for me is i i can't remember a time in recent memory where i spent so much time trying to figure out what i just saw <laughs> after watching a show and i mean that in a good way you know because you 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 kind of want to think it's doc, that he's Doctor Wells because of the post uh, post credit scene or the ending scene, um, but I part of me thinks that's too easy, um, and there's something else going on here, and you know because I always the other thing I always keep in mind in the back of my mind is that Doctor Wells I have to think nine times out of ten him being from the future there's just several things that he knows are going to is going to happen and you you just don't uh, know if he knows everything or just most things um that he expects um events that are taking place to happen um you know i still have suspicions that it might be eddie or it might you know eddie from the future perhaps you know he you know there's even a point where eddie wonders why the reverse flash didn't kill him um and then i think back to you know, the tensions we were just talking about between uh, Eddie and uh, Barry over Iris and, of course, the fact that uh, Eddie um, wanted to be on a task force to track down the Flash and take him out. So I think about all those things. So it made me ask a whole lot of uh, questions as to who this who this guy is 
and I had you know two or three different uh, theories by the time I was <laughs> by the time I was done. Uh, so, which is exactly what this thing was supposed to do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was it was uh, a, a a great introduction, you know, to in a great episode, uh, bringing in a a character that fans have been waiting to see almost the entire season. And uh, yeah, I'm just. I'm anxious to find out how all this ties together, but you know, I know they. I almost get the impression at the end they want you to think Doctor Wells is reverse was reverse Flash, and maybe he is. But on the other hand, I feel that that's just too easy <laughs> to reveal that right now. So, uh, yeah. So it was. He was a, a great villain, and like I said, he his appearance I think was what everybody expected, if not better. And then all those effects and the fight scenes that went with it, um, you know, it just it just made for the perfect uh, setup and um, villain to bring in uh, to wrap up the first half of the season. Did you like the costume? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I, I and also I agree with what you said regarding Harrison, and we and we can we can kind of merge the post credit scene with the reverse flash discussion. So, um, this will this will be a while. But Adam. Thoughts because you know you, I know you've been you've read a lot of Flash comics just like me you know we've talked you know you and I have been talking about Reverse Flash all summer on Skype I don't know I think there was even one time when we Skyped for like ninety minutes and seventy minutes was just about Reverse Flash because of <laughs> one thing that we saw on the internet but but what did you think as a whole about uh, Reverse Flash and uh, the whole thing with Harrison? Oh man, so many thoughts. Uh, well, let me just first start off with you know like the appearance and the visual effects. Um, first off, I thought the costume was you know a good adaptation for you know from going from the comics to the TV series. I thought it looked good. Uh, the way they keep, they're keeping his and I know we've already you know saw, we already saw this from the trailer, but the way they're keeping his identity secret is just great. He's using all the same tricks that Barry is, you know, blurring his body or distorting his voice. But when Reverse Flash does it, I mean, man, it's just. It's so creepy, and that voice is just so demonic. I just, as of now, you know, he is one of the greatest Flash villains, you know, in the comics. But as of now, he's my favorite villain on the TV series. Uh, I thought that the fight between him and Barry was great because, you know, Barry is just starting out his superhero career. Reverse Flash, presumably, is, you know, from the future, or at least knows a lot about Barry. He's way more skilled of a speedster. So, yeah, obviously he was going to beat Barry around and just, you know kick him to the ground and stuff like that. Brutal. Uh, but I thought the fight scene was great. Um, you know, the yeah, as far as his identity goes, I have so many questions. I have so many thoughts about this. I agree with Scott, you know, just because they showed Harrison Wells with the reverse flash suit and speaking in that voice, you know, there has to be more to it than that. There really does. Whether mm-hmm. that's, whether it has to do with time travel, maybe it's a, version of wells from his past or future whether it's someone else in the reverse flash suit you know maybe at some point in the future eddie goes evil he becomes reverse flash or it's an entirely original character Mm -hmm. yeah i i really don't know they left they left us wanting more which you know with arrow and flash that's they're always going to do that with a with a mid-season finale but I'm glad, you know, I'm finally glad we got the full debut of Reverse Flash, and I'm really eager to see how they, you know, explain more about what's going on with this guy, who he really is, whether it's just one person or two, and um, I, I just have so many questions. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it, you're you're welcome to have them, and <laughs> because I have them, too, because also, and by the way, I'm all, 
now I'm actually more happier that this episode was titled The Man in Yellow Suit, that now they can save the title of Reverse Flash to a later episode. But to me, yeah, look, I my mind was blown to pieces, then put then put back together, then blown to pieces again, then I had to put them back again, and then they were blown to pieces. And then I was just sitting there drooling like, I'm not supposed to be watching this. This is too good. Someone is about to come in and say, no, Andy, you can't watch it anymore. And uh, and once again, my mom kept um, confusing DC and Marvel as she thought Reverse Flash was Quicksilver. And I said, where on that costume looks does he look silver? And she said, well, I don't know. You kids talk about these characters all the time. I think that she's overheard so many of my Skype calls that she's now trying to understand the world of DC and Marvel, but she's just messing them up because last week she thought Green Arrow was Hawkeye. I said, no. Green Arrow is more badass than Hawkeye. And she said, is it because he wears green and not purple? And, I, and I'm like, sure, mom. That fashion is the only thing that, that matters here. But you just anyway, need to give her a crash course in Marvel. I think I, I think I need to. And, but but the, I don't know where to start. Like do a big game with Superman or Captain America. I don't know. But anyway, I really enjoyed seeing the fight scenes because look, it's television. I, I wasn't sure how much we would be able to get, but that was when they were running through the city before they they got to the arena. That was such a huge nerd moment for me because it reminded me so much about some of the fights that they have had in the comic books. So, and look, I just didn't think we could get that much on a television episode with a TV budget. Like, look, this budget has to be bigger than the average budget over on CW. So, just saying. But I really, I, I like the costume. I like that it was a very... That he was more made as a demonic character because, look, any non-comic fan will laugh at the name Reverse Flash. But after last night's episode, there was nothing to laugh about. That was intense and creepy. And, yeah, the color yellow will never be the same to me ever again, to say the least. But, um... Let's discuss the whole Harrison thing. I, I agree with Scott 100% that it would be too easy if he was just straight on evil, that he's straight on reverse flash. And and here's the thing. How was he able to be reverse flash if the reverse flash was beating the crap out of him in front of their eyes? Like, look, I studied that scene. There, there's no tricks. He gets out of the force field, grabs Harrison, and just throws him around as a ragdoll. Because... I'm sorry. Was it? Did anyone else just chuckle a little bit because it just looked so? It, it this was like the whole throwing throwing around Loki of the DC universe. Well, and you know, I've I've only watched the episode once, but as we get to talking about all the conspiracy theories and whatnot, and how Wells may or may not be involved, I mean, you got to remember how everything was set up in that scene too. You know, uh, that out of all those people, Reverse Flash goes after him. And decides to do that to him. And it's in a situation where nobody else can intervene. You know, nobody else can get in there and and take part in what's happening. Maybe there's a reason for that. And, you know, if 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 Wells is behind what's happening here, you know, maybe maybe this is something he wanted everybody to see in order for, you know, the um any suspicions to be pulled away from him. You know, so while on the one hand I agree, yeah, it's kinda, you know, how can you 
how can you point fingers at Dr. Wells when he's the one who's getting uh, beaten? Um, I also think that guy is so manipulative and so smart and has so many things at his disposal that perhaps he set all that up too and created something for everybody to to just witness. Remember, they could not get involved. They could just sit and watch that there might be something to that that he, once again, fully expected to have, ha- to have happen uh, in order to you know, have any suspicions or, you know, perhaps manipulate people's thoughts in a different direction. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I definitely agree with, uh, Scott, you know, Wells has proven that he can put out a performance, whether, you know, it's just disguising who he really is in front of, uh, in, you know, in front of team flash or you know, stabbing a guy in an office. But I, yeah, I definitely think that Wells was sort of trying to direct attention away from himself and you, you also have to remember that he had the tachyon device at the end of the episode, which reverse mm-hmm. flash stole. So, you know, aside from the whole, you know, is Wells the only reverse flash there or not? I think it would be, it wouldn't be unreasonable to suspect that Wells, you know, is in collusion with this reverse flash somehow. How? I'm not sure. But yeah, I think it's possible they could be working together or something along those lines. Another thing that's worth mentioning, this is just a small thing, but before the reverse flash attacked Joe, he briefly paused at Eddie and just kind of stared at him. For yeah, like, that yeah. was that was like I, I paused at that because one, I wanted that to be a screenshot for my for my for my computer, but also because it felt like Eddie was seeing something that he recognized and that maybe I don't know, maybe it's this is a hint towards his future uh, mm-hmm. uh, as a certain speedster as well and uh, but and by the way let's let's just bring this up if Harrison is completely the reverse flash is we, we can agree that he is Hunter Zalman right see okay I don't know because you know Eddie shares a similar name as um Eobard Thawne sure but so far, Harrison has his background is more similar to the Professor Zoom in the comics than Eddie's is. So this is going to sound really weird, but if you know if Eddie does turn bad at some point and does become a speedster, it'll be weird. But I almost wonder if they're going to turn him into the TV version of Hunter Zolomon. I mean, I don't know how they would do that or if it were, would work out. But I almost wonder if they're kind of pulling a switcheroo kind of thing. I think it. Well, because I I think that look here's the thing if 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 Harrison is Hunter like there's been his background is very it's it's a, a very big mix up between Hunters and Eobard from the comic books it's kind of like a combination because that's something I remember we were, me and my friend Zeke Donnelly who was here for a couple of episodes in season zero we had those speculations that they're kind of merging these two fl- reverse flashes into one uh, in some capacity and. Um, because you know, look, so far Eddie has shown, you know, nods to Eobard Fawn from the comic books too, with the whole task force thing, and whatnot, and that. Uh, I don't know. It's my God, I'm so confused, and I thought Doctor Who was confusing when it came to tra- time travel because, well, it's th- look. I think we agree on that. He's working with someone. So far, we had that. He's working with someone, and. I, mm, I don't 
Scott, help me. What am I? Mm, I don't. I don't know what to say. Well, I think you're saying everything they want you to say. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's uh, it 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 was enough to get you thinking and people talking. So, but, um, and ready for the next next half of the season. Oh yeah, and and also let, let's agree on that. Uh, we, we uh, well, let me ask you. Let's not agree, but like, let's let me ask you this: Do you the next time you want to see Reverse Life, do you want to see him any more times before the finale? Before the entire season finale? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should be more clear. Oh yeah, well, and I think we will. F- episode fifteen or sixteen, I think that's when he's going to show up again because that those are one of the sweeps episode. I think that by episode sixteen they will take a two three weeks break. If I, if I remember correctly, how they've done with other shows, so that would be like a good cliffhanger for episode sixteen, and then they come back, and then we, you know, the last six or seven episodes will focus on building up to finding the reverse flash and stopping it once and for all. Yeah, um, I definitely want to see him again, but I don't, I don't want it to be kind of you know like the Arrow antagonist for a season. You know, they appear in like every other episode or so. I only want Reverse Flash to appear in maybe one or two episodes before the kind of finale starts. And I don't mean just like the last episode of the season, maybe like kind of the last two or three kind of an overarching. Way, speaking of Arrow, now you mentioned it. Look, I love Arrow to death, but I have to be honest, this, this season one mid finale was way better than this, the, the mid finales of Arrow season one and season two. Well, I think that's one thing that people like, you know, that people like about the Flash. If they were Arrow watchers, Flash has gotten off to a much stronger start in its first season lear- maybe it's, maybe it's because they learned because Andrew and Greg they, yeah. you know, they they created Arrow. Maybe they learned from. And I, I'm not going to say that you know that season one of Arrow didn't work. It 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 was because it's gone on for two three more years now. But I think that there are things they're they're doing a lot of things differently than they did on Arrow for sure for the for the first six or seven episodes. And uh, and they you know they've been more enjoyable, but and you know even I and for, you know two weeks ago, I even went back to watch season one of Arrow on Netflix, and I remember it being a lot better than I remember it when I was watching it live on um, on TV two years ago. But yeah, I enjoyed the Flash finale a lot more, and it's gonna be interesting because today we're recording on Wednesday, and tonight is the the mid season finale of Arrow as. Oliver will go up against Ra's al Ghul and or Raish al Ghul or whatever they want to call him, and um, no, but I, overall, Reverse Flash was it was a success, and now he's a bigger mystery than ever. And my God, I'm gonna be like following Harrison so closely when the show comes back. Like I will follow like every movement. Like I will just look at him and see, okay, is he twitching his leg? Uh, is he what? What is he looking at? Why is he smiling? Why is he pointing? Why is he talking slow? It's Everything I'm gonna be studying Harrison Wells like a nutcase. And look, I have I have I wasn't I was never this passionate about studying anything in high school. So it's interesting that I want to study a person <laughs> on official TV show. But um, there's one more thing I want to talk about. And you know we're we're gonna skip Easter eggs this week because it wasn't like really anything that wasn't too obscure and whatnot. You know we had Firestorm, we had Reverse Flash, we had Mercury Labs and so on. Because I this is something I really want to bring up. The father aspect of this episode because Barry has some very beautiful moments with both Henry and Joe. But I'm sorry. 
I need my Barry Allen. God, that was so gut-wrenching and beautiful. I... I could, look. I was crying for twenty minutes after that. I kept, I kept, kept quoting my, uh, him and saying, "I need my Barry Allen too, Joe." <laughs> whoever is writing those scenes between Barry and Joe, just you're doing a fantastic job, whoever you are. Well, they well, Joe has been fantastic in every episode yeah. so far. And Scott, I want to ask you, what did you feel about the father aspect uh, of this episode with both Henry and Joe, you know, showing their love and need for Barry? No, I think they were very powerful scenes. I mean, they were. I mean, the one especially with uh, um, John Wesley's ship was was really emotional, and then both came out. It came out of them both uh, pretty effectively. And you know, his father is telling him that you know, the man in the yellow suit has taken enough from us already. Don't let him take any more. Um, I thought was a powerful line there. And then yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's there's really. Um, you know, something great about, um, you know, the relationship that uh, Joe and Barry have developed over time. And Joe talking about how, you know, at first, you know, taking this kid in after all that's happened to him and everything that, you know, he's got going on and a daughter and everything uh, ended up being one of the best things that could have happened to him. And obviously it was a good thing to happen to uh, Barry. And it's just, uh, it's nice because with all the chaos and the fighting and the bad guys and the conspiracies and everything that, uh, you know, that you can have moments like, that there's room for moments like these uh, in the episode. So I thought they were both uh, very, very good scenes. And Adam? I mean, Scott kind of summarized it perfectly. But yeah, no, I agree. Um, with, you know, with John Wesley Ship, Henry Allen, I like that he sort of told Barry, you know, we, you can't let... This, the men in yellow take anything else from us from from us anymore. It kind of reminded me of a scene from Flash comic I read. Might have been the New Fifty Two's number zero, but you know, basically, it was it was him telling Barry, you know, you need to start living your life. You can't you can't you can't worry about me more. You can't worry about trying to free me. You need to live your life, follow follow your goals and stuff like that. So I really like that emotional scene. You know, another fantastic scene between a. Uh, uh, Grant Gustin and John Wesley Ship, and now and then uh, on the other hand, you got Barry's interaction with his other father figure, Joe West, and I really like that Joe admitted that you know when I first took you in, I didn't think it was going to go well, but boy was I wrong because it wasn't me that improved your life; it was you that improved our lives. And you know, like you said, Andy, he wants his Barry Allen back. <laughs> Can you stop saying that line? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm not getting it. Ah, oh, wait. Just give me one second. I need a tissue. I I used <laughs> up so many cl- clinics right last night. Oh my god. Ah, uh, um. But I do need my Barry Allen too, Joe. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Let's man up. Which I don't know how to how to do that. But I overall, this was a phenomenal finale. I. You know, I can't wait for the show to come back. And it will be back on January 20th, just like we speculated. And, um, yeah, it's going to be some awesome stuff. And I think, you know, look, I will give this finale high praise. I, you know, I, I know we've been pretty we've been pretty happy with most, most episodes so far of The Flash. But this one was a really whopper, like uh, the, the 11th Doctor would say a lot in his, you know, a couple of episodes. I... Oh man, speaking of emotional moments, uh, but let's um, 
do we have anything else to say about this episode before we move over to listener feedback of this episode? The only thing I have to say is uh, I'm glad they finally gave us a flash ring. And it was, and the costume wasn't in, 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 even in it. So baby steps. Yeah, well, that was, and I wouldn't even call it a baby step. That was a huge step. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but the, uh, Scott, what did the, the people on Twitter have to say about this episode? All right. Well, <clears throat> our Twitter comments today start off with dangerously in love three, who starts off with the word love, <laughs> fight scene between the two flashes, love, Barry, Al- Barry and his two dads. Barry pours his heart out to Iris and she says nothing. Hashtag N O T O K. Not okay. <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, at Taylor Kimmins 13 says while somewhat predictable it was a good episode just wish we knew how Wells is both himself and Zoom at the same time also bring on the Grodd vibe and Killer Frost already uh, Chaos the Kid says great mid-season finale January seems so far and as for let's see, as whoever is not hooked will be watching after this one. True. Yeah. Uh, at Art of John says, this episode had me going crazy. My mind was everywhere on this episode, and the conclusion happened. Epic. And Chrisley two thousand eight says. Awesome all around, but I don't like the black in the reverse flash costume. Was Wells punching himself? Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> Stop, Stop hitting, hitting yourself. yourself. <laughs> uh, Why are you hitting yourself? I, we had, I have to say, we had over <coughs> 30 tweets last night. So I'm sorry we, we weren't able to get to a lot of them because we, you know, we wanted to spend some time with – because we had – like, look, guys – my Twitter account, my Gmail account, it was exploding last night. My phone would have shut up. Like I get notifications every other second minute. So I, we had a lot of emails that we wanted to get to too. So, um, so yeah. And with Twitter, there was just so many. So we wanted to kind of divide them, just make it fair. But um, but Adam, what did the, the the email people have to say about this episode? They had some good things to say. Our first email comes to us from Craig McDonald, and he said this. Fantastic episode. Lots of great stuff, but the two best bits were the reveal with Wells at the end and his having a flash ring for the costume and Firestorm saving the day and then flying off. Also great to see John Wesley ship back and for Eddie to finally learn about metahumans and Barry confessing his feelings for Iris. The WB slash DC movies have a lot to live up to if they want to be as awesome as these last two weeks of Arrow and Flash episodes. True words. Uh, Our next email is from Brian R. While all signs right now point to Wells as either Zoom or Reverse Flash, it could also be Eddie. Since the costume is now charged with tachyon pulses, anyone that steals it could use it, or Wells could just give it to Eddie, but I think theft is more likely. The reasons for Eddie becoming Reverse Flash are simple. Future animosity and resentment slash jealousy of Barry. Maybe Eddie tries to replicate the accident that gave Barry his powers. The fans and show characters all know that Eddie's relationship with Iris will be gone in a flash. Pun intended. (laughs) That look Iris gave Barry around the Christmas tree says it all. A few other side notes. When pulling up the profile of Tina McGee on the computer, 
I believe the picture in the top right side or corner was from the 90s TV show. Oh, really? Also, it was, yeah. yes. Oh, nice. Also, I love how Firestorm saved Barry from the reverse flash. You might even say he was backup. During the 80s, Firestorm was the backup slash secondary feature in the Flash comic books. Correct. That's all I have right now. Looking forward to hearing another great podcast. And our final email comes to us from Alexander Chapman. Tonight's episode was excellent. Grant Gustin's scenes with Jesse, John, and Candace were standouts. The confrontations between Barry and Reverse Flash were explosive and eye-opening. Definitely all in for the Barry-Iris story. The Caitlin-Ronnie-Firestorm story is winning me over, and they were both great. The end was definitely a cliffhanger, but I get the feeling we are in for some twists and turns concerning Dr. Wells and Reverse Flash. Excellent mid-season finale, and Grant Gustin delivered a flawless performance. I couldn't have agreed more, and uh, yeah, like like I said, I'm sorry we couldn't get to more of your feedback and reactions, because there was just so... I, I was overwhelmed by how many people you know, tweeted in and emailed in and so on. And, you know, we tried to pick as many as we could and, you know, the ones that stood out a little bit more and so on. But but we we always appreciate what you guys have to say about uh, the episodes, whether or not we can read them on the show or not. But, um, but yeah, just keep tweeting in your thoughts. Email us uh, if you want to have your thoughts read on the show at the Flash Podcast and on, or email theflashpocket at gmail.com. And uh, we will try to read as many as we can per episode because, you know, you know, between the time we we use to talk about our re- reactions to the episode as well as yours, you know, we kind of just have to make sure that the episode doesn't go on for too long. That's you know, hashtag podcaster problem <laughs> because mm-hmm. time it, time is everything, right, Scott? It is. And um, but we want to thank you all so much for these first nine episodes with all the. Um, all, all the thoughts and all the support and so on. Look, we reached over 7,000 followers last night. That was mind-blowing. So thank you all so much for all the support that you keep giving us. Each week, you know, more and more keeps coming in. And we, we, you know, we're just happy to hear that you guys are enjoying our discussions. And, um, you know, we're not even halfway through the journey. So... Stay tuned for more Adventures of the Flash podcast. But um, but yeah, we're gonna. Um, that was the last episode of 2014. We we you know we we're gonna do a short spoiler section because we don't have an official description. We only have a promo, so that will be like a very short description. Uh, it was the description. I can't talk today. Discussion. But um, and also one thing before we get to plugs. Next week there will be one more episode of the Flash podcast. It's a special edition episode. Adam and Scott will not be here, but we're bringing in two special guests from websites that have been supporting us throughout the, the season. We're going to have Hank from TV Fanatic finally show up and um, t- come and talk to us, as well as Chris from sap2it.com, as we will be doing a little roundtable discussion about Season 1A so far. And I just realized I can use Season 1A on every show that I watch because... Whatever. Sorry. So, you know, the first half of the season. We will be discussing that next week. So, um, stay tuned on theflashpockets.com. And speaking of theflashpockets.com, that is our official website of the podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theflashpodcast. Join our Facebook group and come and discuss The Flash and DC Universe and Marvel and everything that is geeky. And also join our Flash Spoiler Friends uh, hosted by David Rosen, a good member of the team and... Uh, um, of the of the group and um, 
it's a lot of fun. A lot of people are interacting with each other on that group and talking about the Flash, which is pretty amazing. And you can also find us on Twitter at the Flash Podcast. You can also find us on Google Plus at the Flash Fan Circle and be a Hank of TV Fanatic. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Rate, subscribe, and review us. Let us know what you think about this podcast. And the more reviews and ratings we get, the more higher up we get in the iTunes store. And also remember that it's going to play a huge deal when we do our Flash Comic-Con bags giveaway next year. So stay tuned for, for more de- details on that, what you what you uh, can do to have a chance of winning one of those bags. And uh, yeah, huge thank to Mike Schmidt, who did our Flash uh, podcast theme song. You can ch- check out his work over at soundcloud.com slash flashopera. And some quick shout-outs to uh, plug um, sponsors and friends of ours at TV Tag, at TV Tag on Twitter, as well as TV Tag Flash, and the Mixer Network, where we go live every Wednesday afternoon, 6 p.m., saptwit.com. And also a special shout-out to our friend Mike Halpin from uh, Earth Prime Weekly, who made our new little banner on this week with Reverse Flash on it. was pretty daunting to see how that looked um, once we got it so make sure to make sure to check out his podcast over at soundcloud.com slash Weekly. and if you have any questions the flash podcast at gmail.com scott talk about talk about assembly of geeks all right well uh, assembly of geeks is on twitter at geeks assemble and on assemblyofgeeks.com just like the flash podcast we are on itunes and stitcher and several other places where people get uh geek content um, just recently, this uh, this week, we uh, talked about some of the latest news regarding Star Trek III, uh, the potential for more Hunger Games movies after Mockingjay. We also go over several good uh, holiday gift ideas for geeks. Um, and, you know, Amy uh, Marie, who joined us uh, on the Flash podcast just recently, we have a short interview with her because she will officially join the show in January. She will Woo! also she will also be part of the Peggy Carter podcast. And right now I'm working with Amy and Lauren Galloway to be co-host on that show. And we're looking at possibly December 31st as the first episode of the Peggy Carter podcast as we get ready uh, for that show to start. And I'm on Twitter at Mr. Scott Murray. Sweet. And Adam, uh, Cinema Blend. Yeah, people can find my work at cinemablend.com. I cover comic book, movie, and TV news. Uh, I just wrote a piece, reaction piece to last night's episode where I discuss my theories about reverse flash a little bit more eloquently than I did in this episode. So you can either find that on the TV section of cinemablend.com. Or you can find out my Twitter page. I'm at Mr. Adam Holmes. So, um, yeah, give me a follow. And you can follow me on my personal account at uh, Anubak. It's because I just don't bother with the Mr. And you can check out my work over at TVOverMind.com for, you know, all my reviews and uh, editorials on various comic book television shows. But, uh, yeah, that's that's it. Um, Yeah, we won't be hearing from you you guys until next... uh, until January, whether we do a special edition episode to kind of get ourselves ready for the mid-season premiere, but um, no, but I've had a blast talking about the show with you guys, and you know, look, we we're gonna have so many more conversations about the Flash on air, and uh, so, but I just want to say, you know, especially to you, Scott, that joined us, uh, you know, you know, with episode one of this season, you know, thank you so much for being part of this. I, you know, I. 
listeners has really responded well to your addition, and you know, I love talking about the show with you both off and air. Wait, did I s- both off air and on air? I'm so <laughs> tired, you guys. Uh, so, but like, I, you know, you become you know you become a big member of this Flash Podcast family. So blessed to have you part of it. Well, I I appreciate that. I I appreciate the opportunity to have been invited to be here. Um, it's it's. Um, you know, doing a podcast myself with two other people, I know that uh, the the depth and the uh, you know engaging elements of the discussion are so important, and I think that's uh, what you and Adam um, and everybody that we we manage to bring on the show bring each and every week, and I think that's why people keep listening. So um, you know, as as a participant and someone who likes to listen to you guys talk about this as well, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just happy to be a part of it. Yeah, and else, guys, do not think that we're saying goodbye to like we, you know this is not a goodbye. We're just you know having you know an open heart to heart. You know I you know I like to show my appreciation because people from season zero you will remember what what happened. So you know you know why this is very important for me. But um, no, but look, I'm looking forward to be host you know hosting the show along with you, Scott and Adam. You know for more episodes. You know for seasons to come. So but you know because it's Christmas time requires gratitude basically so i'm thankful for for you for being part of it and um we're, we're gonna kick all sorts of butts in 2015 just so you know guys just so be ready because if you thought reverse flash was brutal was brutal wait till you see what we have i'm i'm <laughs> wait till they get a load of me <laughs> wait till they get a load of me <laughs> i was just thinking that someone needs to say that line from batman but I thought maybe, I'm too cor- maybe i'm too corny but uh <laughs> But yeah, we're gonna jump to the sec- to the um, the brief spoiler section. But um, but yeah, until you know, we the three of us are back together uh, again on air in 2015. I'm Andy Bax. I'm Scott Murray. And I'm Adam Holmes. And we will see you next time on the Flash Podcast. Some. I think you mean the reverse flash. Meh. Actually, I kind of like it. If I have to devote every second I have to getting faster into stopping him, then I'm going to do that. Every second matters. What can you do to my suit? Yeah, the super speed continues to improve. It's still not enough. Smart. He's back. Come out, come out, wherever you are, Flash. Or this woman dies. Flash returns with all new episodes Tuesday, January 20th on the scene. And what you just heard was the audio of the trailer for episode 10 of The Flash, the mid-season premiere of The Flash in 2015 on January 20th called Revenge of 
the rogues. Now, normally, here, this is the part where we would read uh, an official description, but we don't have one because they haven't released <laughs> one yet. And I'm, you know what's going to happen? Once I stop this recording, I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be a, a description out there, and you know, Adam is going to be is going to be too busy to come back. Scott is going to be too busy to come back. I'm going to be, you know, outside doing something, and we won't be able to like go back and add this part. So if we miss the description, guys. I apologize. You're going to be outside being... doing something? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, yeah, actually going to go outside the house today. Oh, okay. Uh, which, it's, which is normal because I'm... You I'm, sounded you know, I'm very a... cryptic. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just going to, you know... I'm... <laughs> I just had to do some things um, for my parents outside, but what, 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 whatever. <laughs> but okay, so it just sounded funny. Scott's gonna be busy. Adam's gonna be busy and be busy, and I'm gonna be outside doing something. <laughs> well, because <laughs> it's a mystery. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I am I am really the first Flash, and I was the one who killed Barry's mother. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so too much sugar. <laughs> We see in this promo, we see the debut of Heatwave, along with the return of Captain Cold, played by Dominic Purcell and Wentworth Miller, respectively. And my God, I'm so excited about the Rogues. Yeah, because I mean, even though it's only the two of them, this is our official debut of you know the Flash's iconic villains group. So uh, <laughs> I'm really excited to see those two team up and like. Who better, uh, what, what, what better Flash villains to team up together for the first time than Ice and Fire? Exactly. Yeah, and uh, what did you think, Scott, about um, the brief uh, footage that we got? No, I, I mean, I agree with you all. I think, uh, I, I think this is a great place to go to start off the, the second half of the season. Um, you know, I, I think this series has long since found its footing, so things are just going to get better and better, and fans are going to continue to be happier <laughs> or get happier as uh, everything starts to come together with Reverse Flash and the Rogues, and hopefully we'll get some of those um, questions answered that uh, we're asking as of the mid-season finale. Caden is going to be kidnapped, apparently, so that's going to get rough. But what what do we know about this episode overall? Like, do we know who's going to be in it? You know, you know, because we they announced a lot of guest stars. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not sure yet. Um, I don't know. I mean, it it all it, it really it won't be until next month until we find out. But yeah, I'm just like I said, I'm excited to see what the rogues bring to the table. Totally, and um, yeah, I I will. Um, I'm trying to figure out if because I feel like I'm forgetting something, but. But yeah, we did say that this was going to be a brief um, discussion. So um, no, but I, I'm <laughs> there, you I, there you have it. But I, look, I'm I'm really excited about to see Heatwave in live action because you know after what they did with Captain Cole, you know I I, I do want to see them together. And also because you know they they were brothers on Prison Break. It's going to be so much fun. And um, apparently, something that I didn't know after that episode after we did episode four of the Flash was that the voice we heard in the end of that episode that was Dominic Purcell's. So it makes me wonder what he's going to sound like now when we see him in the in the open, basically, because that sounds so different from the Dominic Purcell that I've heard in interviews or seen him in in different TV shows or movies. So it sh- it should be interesting, but uh, but I I think I can speak on behalf of all of us that we can't wait for Flash to come back. So hopefully the show will be back in um in a fl- no I'm not gonna no puns in a flash. Okay, I did it, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're going to sign up here. 
Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this installment of the Flash Pockets. Make sure to tune in for our roundtable discussion with uh, with Hank from TV Fanatic and Chris from Saftoid.com next week. And um, until then, I'm, I'm Andrew Bach, and we will see you in a flash. <laughs>